vespers of the great feast of the, the Lord's entry into Jerusalem as a king and as a lamb, the Passover lamb finally, once and for all, the fulfillment of all the prophecies is entering into the heart of the problem, the heart of Jerusalem, fixing it, healing it, redeeming it from the inside. We're going to keep it short and sweet today. Humanity throughout the ages has been in an abusive relationship. And the question in the title today is, who's boss? Or in biblical language, who is the king? A lot of the, the prophecies that are going to be mentioned today and tomorrow are about Christ as king of Israel. For so long, we've been enslaved. Since the separation from God in the garden, we've been missing that head. We've been missing that king. We've been missing that rulership. We've been missing somebody to guide us in the way of life. Adam and Eve fell. They didn't have that. Therefore, they got enslaved to other things. We see later on in the history of Israel that they were also enslaved. In Canaan, before they went to Egypt, they were enslaved to the famine. They were needy and suffering. And they needed to escape to Egypt in order to find any kind of attempt at being alive. They went to Egypt and they got enslaved once more at the hands of Pharaoh. They escaped Egypt and in the desert, they longed for the slavery of Egypt. It's a constant state of abuse it's a constant state of being okay with abuse. And just like we hear, you know, God forbid, in abusive relationships, unfortunately, because of our corruption, we long to be in that state. And the Israelites, when they couldn't somehow see God, they built for them a fatted calf. And for them, that was who was boss. That was who was king. Even after they passed that stage and God redeemed the people through the remnant, and they reached the promised land, and God was their king, once more they wanted to be enslaved again. They longed to be slaves because of that corruption. And once more, they did the one thing they shouldn't do, which is anoint another king. And God, when they asked for another king, told them straight up, and when you read it in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, or 1 Samuel 7 or 8, God is speaking and He tells them, I don't think you want a king anymore. A king enslaves you. A king will take your crops. And the most and the biggest of all, a king will take your sons to be his slaves. Well, humanity didn't listen. We still long for a king. And we still long to be slaves. And we anointed a king. Israel anointed Saul. And exactly what God said happened. Israelites became slaves. Their crops were taken. A king has to gather money, of course, taxes, to build, to raise an army. And they were enslaved once more. They get freed from that. And, they, and the kingdom splits because of oppressive ways of the king. And there becomes a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom in ancient Israel. And they're still enslaved. They start worshipping other gods. Babylon comes. The Assyrians come. And they are taken away. And they're captive. Enslaved. We don't have a king but God. Except we like to appoint our own kings. Therefore, after so many years, 
in captivity in Egypt, in Babylon, and even in Jerusalem. After coming back to Jerusalem from captivity, the Jews were captive to their own ways. As humanity, we were captive of the rituals, of the very legalistic ways by which we do things. Meaning, we were captivated by how we give. We were captivated by wishing to appear as we were giving. But are we really giving all we have? We were serving to kings. We were trying to compromise. We were trying to stay enslaved while trying to be set free. And that wasn't going to be possible. Throughout all these generations, the issue was at hand. No matter who was king, no matter who, were, who would we anoint as king, the problem persisted. We were slaves of sin and corruption, and we had no king like we had in the garden. Like it says in Proverbs, it's a very hard saying, but that's what we were all along. Like a dog returns to his own vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. And we kept doing the same thing over and over again. This is Proverbs 26. Comes Christ. Christ, who is not like the other kings. First off, he's like one of us. He's one of us. He acts like us. He eats like us. He spends time with us. He teaches us by doing the things we're supposed to be doing. He's not sitting up high and just judging. He's among us. He empowers us. Kings usually want to destroy and to suppress so they can rule. Our king is different. He gives us power. He gives us everything we need to also be sons of the king. To be princes and princesses. And to rule. And to have dominion. And to conquer with him. And while in that victorious state, he also teaches us to be like him. Free from all, therefore giving all away. Like he gave his life for all of us. He's a king like no other because he gives and does not take. He does not take taxes. He does not take our sons. He does not take from us anything. Instead, he gives us everything. He defends us. He protects us. Giving us value. Giving us a destiny. Giving us a status once more. Being sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And today, this is the celebration. The King is here. And the question I will leave with today is, because the King is here, the true King, who was with us in the garden very old, are we going to keep enslaving ourselves to the worldly kings we've been enslaving ourselves to all these past years? Or are we going to proclaim him as king and say, save us, O son of David, Hosanna, O son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the king of Israel. Are we going to proclaim with these pure hearts and say we finally found our ruler, the just ruler who doesn't enslave us, who frees us, who truly elevates us, who truly loves us, who truly loves us to a point where he was willing to give himself on behalf of his army. Usually kings stay behind and the army goes forward. That's not the case with us. He goes forward, conquers death by death, defeats the army for us, Granting us victory. Like playing on the team with Michael Jordan or LeBron James. It's winning. As Abuna David said in a sermon a couple of years back, we're on the winning team. 
This is the celebration we are celebrating today. Are we going to remember that? Are we going to let him reign? Or are we going to let envy and strife and having more than one master over us rule? Who's our boss? What are we going to offer the Lord? When you show up in front of the king, you show up with something. Are we going to show up with praise and honor and glory and a repentant heart saying, Lord, reign over me? Or am I going to say, I already have my own king? Or I am already my own king. I don't need you. And therefore, at that time, Jesus, tomorrow night, will cry out saying, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, how much I longed to free your children. How much I longed to save you. But you were not willing. Our king is here. This is the chance to come back to him. This is a chance to declare him king once more. Because only through accepting him as king, only through offering him the sacrifices, meaning offering him ourselves, is he willing and will he anoint us as co-heirs with him, as inheritors with him, as ones who will have dominion with him. I want to read from St. Athanasius, because who who am I to speak? When he speaks of the, 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 the slavery that the Israelites were under, in Egypt, for example, how does St. Athanasius speaks of us as humanity and speaks of Israel enslaved and the destiny we are to become? He says, For then, of old, they toiled earnestly to pass from Asia to Jerusalem, but now we depart from death to life. They then passed from Pharaoh to Moses, but now we rise from the devil to the Savior. And as at that time, the type of deliverance bore witness every year, so now we commemorate our salvation. We fast meditating on death, that we may be able to live, and we watch, not as mourners, but as they that wait for the Lord, whom, when he shall have returned from the wedding, so that they may live with each other in triumph. Hastening to announce the sign of victory, the cross. Hastening to announce the sign of victory over death. This is from his festal letter 5. St. Athanasius also says, But for us the Lord has consecrated the way through his blood and has made it easy. He has come and opened the door for us which was once shut. And ready? The verse we all say, He who sits upon the cherubim, having appeared with great grace and loving kindness, led into paradise with himself, all of us, and the thief who confessed, and having entered heaven as our forerunner, opened the gates to us all. He not only led us to the Mount Sinai like of old, but you have come into the... He's speaking to all of us, St. Athanasius. But you have come into Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, firstborn is Christ, which, we are, which are written in heaven, who would not wish to enjoy the high... Who, he's asking, St. Anthony is asking, who would not wish to enjoy the high companionship with these? Who 
would not desire to be enrolled with these, that he may hear with them, Come you, blessed of my Father, inherit a kingdom prepared before you from the foundation of the world. We are called to inherit a kingdom with the king. Are we going to proclaim him king? Or are we going to rule over our own kingdom and therefore perish in, an, or in our own kingdom? Let's not be enslaved. Let's remember in this week not to be like a dog that returns to his own vomit. A fool who repeats his folly. Let's remember that the king is at the door accepting all repentance. He is waiting for us to declare him as king so he can cleanse us and wash our feet and cleanse us from all impurities. Let's give him our all, just like when Lazarus and Martha realized that this is the grantor of life, this is the conqueror of death, this is the conqueror of our enemies, this is the king of kings. Martha offered all she had tonight, and she washed with everything she had, and she glorified him with everything she had, and Lazarus was a witness to him, to his king, by merely being him. As it says in the gospel tonight, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake, but that they might also see Lazarus. Let's be like Lazarus. Let's be like Mary, witnessing to the king of kings after we proclaimed him, and we said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Osana to the son of David. Save us. We declare you as King our God. Help us, save us, free us, and conquer our enemies and reign. Glory be to God forever.